Hello, my name is Shireen Jordan and welcome to Tea and Tonic. This podcast is about giving my guests from all different creative industries the chance to tell us about how they got to where they are today, while we both sip a tea or perhaps something a bit stronger with a tonic. It's a chance for those affected by the impact of lockdown, the opportunity to chat, because talking is, as the saying goes, just the tonic. I hope you enjoy it with a beverage in hand. It's Sunday, August the 23rd, 2020, and my guest today is dancer, choreographer and TV judge Lizzie Goff. Lizzie grew up in Southampton, learning to dance at Fitzal Roberts School of Dance. At 16, she went to Lane Theatre Arts for three years. In 2010, she came third in the first series of So You Think You Can Dance. That was followed by Take That Circus Tour, becoming a judge on Alicia Dixon's Street Dance Stars, being dance captain at the London 2012 Closing Olympics Ceremony, performing in Zoo Nation's Message in a Bottle, and since 2018 she's been choreographing routines on Strictly Come Dancing. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Lizzie Goff. Hello! Hey! How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you on this Sunday? I'm very well, thank you. I remember you saying to me it's your birthday today. It is my birthday today, yes. So this is even more exciting to be doing this today, so thank you so much. I feel privileged. I feel very privileged. Oh, well, no, this is going to get my day to a really good start. So, Lizzie, what drink do you have next to you? I have a tea. Okay. <laughs> I'm a chai kind of tea kind of girl. So I've, I'm definitely a tea person at this time of day. Very nice. <laughs> um, I've got a licorice tea. It always it makes awesome. me a little bit hyperactive. So um, I thought, why not? <laughs> start the day on a good note. I love it. So cheers. Great. Lizzie, there are so many things that you have done already in your career and we'll get on to all of them in a moment. But firstly, where did your love for dancing start? Was it within you as a child? Because I I saw on your Instagram, one of your Instagram posts from a while ago, you as a a child dancing about and moving. Was that always what you wanted to do um yeah I just I like I was quite a hyperactive kid and I was brought up with three brothers so I was just like the annoying one that just always wanted attention I think and um I think my mum took me and my brother who's like a year older than me to like dance lessons like I actually got a pair of football boots before I even started dancing um but then I think she just saw us prancing around all the time so she was like let me take you to a local school um in Southampton so we just went to this like it was even a church at the time I was like, I don't remember and yeah just always kept doing it and I did it like nearly every day after school it was for me it was fun it wasn't oh I want to do this I don't want to be a dancer but I think I remember once one of my uncles or something they were like so what are you gonna do when you're older and I was like uh dance I think I don't know and they were like you're you know you can't get a career out of that and I just kind of was like I think I can but I I didn't have a clue I just kind of I just kept doing something that I really enjoy and yeah I'm I'm still amazed to the day that I'm still doing what I'm doing so every day is like cool (laughs) And you were doing, you know, ballet, tap, modern jazz, weren't you? All different kinds of dance, including Greek and and flamenco. Yeah, Yeah, we did some really, when I think back to it, we did some very interesting styles. Yeah, we did 
yeah, obviously Greek, flamenco, we did national dancing and we did, like I did all the syllabus. So it was mainly ISTD syllabus that we did um, with the ballet and tap and stuff. So I remember when we did the national exams, you would have to bring in like a little project of the countries. And I found that so much fun. And my mom would cook, like, so if it was Austria, we would do like strudel and um, all different foods from around the world. So for me, it was also just learning about different dance styles and different cultures and stuff. So I think that's what I found really interesting. I wonder now, <clears throat> looking at the way you dance and all the different styles you're able to do, whether actually all of those different influences have played mm. a part in the way you dance and can move your body now. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I was doing, it's kind of funny because I was doing a TV show in Holland uh, as one of the choreographers. And this is Dance, 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 is that right? Yeah, Dance, 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 yeah, which is, you know, such a, a fantastic experience. And obviously that's kind of recreating um, iconic music videos, but one of them we had to do like a, like a flamenco Spanish section. I think it was J-Lo or something like that. Oh, yes. And my friend was just like, uh, so when did you learn how to do stuff? I was like, it was just there in my head from when I was a child. I remember some flamenco kind of Spanish dancing. Oh. So it actually came in use and I was like, thank God for my childhood. <laughs> Amazing. And so then when you got to your teens, was it that point you thought, I'm definitely going to pursue a career in dance? No, well, my parents are very much, um, they, they, they always want, like, us as kids like they always wanted us to just follow what we wanted to do so they're very much like don't go to college if you don't want to do geography or I don't know something do you know what I mean because they're like do something that you're going to benefit from um so like for instance like my brother never went to college he went to apprentice uh, in like car stuff because mm-hmm. that's what he was into so when it came to me I remember looking obviously we didn't have social media really back then so I remember doing a ballet class or something and there was like the dancing times, the the book. And then at the back of the book, it just has like colleges. And I remember looking and being like, oh, maybe I could try out for them and have a go. So yeah, I, I remember auditioning for five different colleges and I managed to get in all of them. I don't know what, I think they just thought I was, saw I was desperate. And, um, but yeah, my parents had to like, or we had to fund it. So, um, you know, I never missed a day and I ended up going to Lane Theatre Arts because it was closer to Southampton. Um, the other ones were a little bit further. So yeah, we just funded it. And then luckily in my second year, I managed to get a scholarship because, you know, people drop out or people don't, you know, are not that interested. And I think they saw the fact that I never missed a day. I worked really, really hard because I was paying for it. Um, yeah, and it was the best best choice that I made. My parents are very much like, if this is what you want to do, then then let's do it, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that's, I'm really grateful for that because they're very supportive. But then again, they're also like, if, do you not want to do it? No, okay, then let's not do it, do you know what I mean? So it's, it's a good thing. And this was a three-year musical theatre course that you did at Lane Theatre Arts. You went when you were still really young, weren't you? 16. Yeah, I went when I was 16 um, and that's why I chose Lanes because it was quite a big thing to like just leave home and I I'm, I'm a, I was a very home kid like I remember we did one I think the only time I've ever, ever been away is we did one uh, school trip to like Stubbington and I think I cried the whole time and I was like 11 and I was like I'm never leaving home um, 
So this was quite a big deal. But I used to come home every weekend. So I used to train from Monday to Friday at Lanes and then get the train home back to Southampton. And then I'd work um, Saturday and Sunday in a cafe in uh, the Keys in Southampton. Okay. So I used to, and somehow I became a manager of like the Keys because I was really organized and very kind of like, cleaning cooking I wasn't very good cooks I've got someone else to cook but um yeah I, so I ended up like managing that on weekends and then going back up on Sunday night to go to college so I think that kept me very grounded and very still at home and not like that but then it made me work harder at college that explains so much about you because what what struck me just chatting to you on the phone as well yesterday was yeah. how down to earth and friendly you are <laughs> And I thought, oh, my God, she's done so many things. And clearly, no. you know, all of your achievements and, and getting involved in, in Teleland hasn't changed yeah. the person you are. I hope not. A lot of people say that to me when they first meet me. Like my other half, he was like, yeah, when I first met you, you were really, like, intimidating. And, yeah, I was too scared to talk to you. And then, then I'm like, mate, I'm honestly <laughs> kind of so chill. And I just, I love to giggle. I love to make the, the best out of any situation. Um, it takes a lot for me. I like, I'm a very serious person when I need to be, but when I have an opportunity to make someone laugh or smile or just have fun, then I will. <laughs> oh, that is so lovely. And did you enjoy your three years at Lane Theatre Arts? Personally, I, I loved it. Like, I genuinely loved it. Um there's a lot of things that me and my friends talk about and I'm like oh yeah I forgot about that um you know because obviously people are like lanes is quite strict and stuff like that but for me personally it was the best training um I grew a lot I really trained hard like I said I never missed a day I yeah I really worked my butt off and I really have to like thank them a lot and I have to thank like Fitzel as well because that she, like Marion she trained us a lot there was a lot of little discipline stuff in there um because I knew that's kind of what I wanted to do I didn't know what I was going to do mm -hmm. but I just knew it was something in the area and and also being at college you realize there's so many avenues that you can go to like you can go musical theater or you can go commercial or you can go teaching you can do so there's I always knew there was something to do you know so amazing so you came out of Lanes, and then what happened? Was it instant success going into the West End, performing? Did Telly um, come calling and the agents? Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not for me. Um, yeah, I didn't actually. And it was funny because like, one of my best friends, she got into fame, and I was just like, Whoa. I was obviously really happy for her, but I was like, what am I doing wrong? I'm not, I'm not getting anything, and... When I left college, I said I said to my parents, I was like, look, I'm not going to move back home. I'm going to stay up here. And I found like a, a family up in Wembley and I lived with them, like just rented a room. So it was really cheap. Um, and every day I would go into pineapple and train. And I think I came home every weekend. I still did that kind of thing to mm -hmm. keep money going. This is Pineapple, pineapple Dance, Dance Studios. Studios. Yeah, in, in Covent Garden. And there was another place called Husky. We used to do class, sometimes dance works sometimes but not really um but yeah I just remember training 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 and it actually got really hard that one point I kind of ran out of money I didn't become ill but I was not very well and um 
I think it just exhaustion, exhaustion. And I had to go home. I had to go home to my parents. I think it was Christmas or something. And I went on the dole. Like I was low, like mm. so low. Um, but I never gave up. And I remember going there and get just, I did it for like a month or something. And I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. I'm not the one to kind of get benefits, if that makes sense. So luckily one of my friends from a, a group that I danced group I was with she was like oh someone needs teaching for stagecoach so I was kind of like okay I'll do that every Saturday and actually from there I then started to build myself up and then then I think it was 2008 nine I think maybe nine then um I got an audition to foretake that so then from there I managed to kind of like build my name up and actually all my training came into use because there was no one else I would say no one else but there wasn't that many people that did kind of all styles because in that time I trained um like street dance and then I was really training like breaking and locking and popping and so for me I kind of you know had a bit of an upper hand and also because I trained ballet tap and jazz I already had that and part of it so it was fine um so yeah I got that opportunity and then from there things started to actually happen and still teaching and stuff like that that's amazing it must be really really difficult when you are trying to get your first job and you've done your three years in London and I think we probably all forget how financially stretching that can be in your early 20s I think it's hard enough in whatever industry you're in but particularly in the performing arts industry with the competition that there is yeah, it is. It is really hard. Um, I think for me, what kept me sane is just to like, I think I had to kind of not think of it as competition. I had to just think of it as my own um, kind of mission. You know what I mean? Like my own kind of drive um, and not to compare myself because that's when you kind of go downhill when you start comparing yourself. Because the thing is, you know, the industry, which even now I still realize it's like it's not sometimes it's who you know not what you know sometimes it's just because it is it's the way humans work if you see someone then they're like oh yeah so and so would be good um so and I understand that and I absolutely respect that's how sometimes the industry works and I have nothing against it um so for me I think I've just always kept myself busy because I wasn't the type of person that was a talker when I was training I've I've never really spoke to anyone like you ask my friends we just trained and I'll give them a little hi hi okay bye and I never even spoke to them I was just there to train yeah um so it didn't work to my advantage sometimes but actually it did because I kept focusing my game um and then now you know I've learned actually you sometimes need to ask questions or you need to talk to people or you need to so yeah, it's it's a it's still a learning curve. Like even now, it's still a learning curve for me because the industry is always changing and people are changing and fads are changing and you know. So it's it's always a learning curve and yeah. What's it like, Lizzie, having to keep your body fit and supple and up to date with the latest dance styles and techniques? I mean, you were training in street way back then and and street commercial yeah. and popping and locking and hip hop, yeah, exactly. which now they're really popular and and really in yeah well it it was a really interesting thing because those styles have always been around 
but it's one of those kind of things that it was like the underground circuit. Mm. I remember that's what they were called. And then the commercial one. And I used to just kind of go to those classes. Like I saw one of the footage yesterday and I was like, whoa, I remember that class. Like it was like in Huskies and the mirrors were sweaty and everyone was just like striving to, to learn. Um, and I think I was just kind of lucky to find out of those classes and, and train with different types of people who have all different strengths um, and just try and learn as much as possible. Um, because yeah, that's the thing. I've I've kind of been part of many dance companies. Like I was part of uh, Rudai, then I went to Avant Garde, then I went to Play, then I was in Pineapple Dance Troupe. Maybe someone else, I don't know. So I've managed to like really try and work with a lot of different people and and learn from them basically. It sounds amazing. You know, I was on the Pineapple Dance Studio website yesterday, and they're doing classes via Zoom, yeah. and I thought. Yeah. Oh, it's my dream to do a pineapple dance studio dance class. Now, I was never brave enough to actually go there and do one. But I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. if I do one at home, no one, no one's going to see me. I get to see the teacher. No one gets to see. Yeah. This is brilliant. I can do it in my garage. And, and they were doing, I think, street uh-huh, commercial uh-huh. for beginners. Now, I didn't have the guts to do it yesterday, but my, my aim in the next month is just to do one and just yeah. be brave. <laughs> I'm going, to, I'm going to take you to one class when it's all back and running. Thank you. <laughs> I need to do class as well. I miss doing my classes. Oh. Like my favourite class at Pineapple Dance Studios was Jimmy Williams. He is the best. He does like locking, which is you'll find out what locking is. Yeah. So it's like funk, very like soul funk. Um, it's like normally it's like James Brown kind of music and it's, it's all that kind of like okay. old school soul train. And then, then you've got locking. I wouldn't say it's soul train because I don't want to offend anyone, but it's like that whole era. Okay. It's really, really funky. But different to popping and hip hop. Yeah. So hip hop is like the, ov- I wouldn't say the overall bracket, but hip hop has very many avenues, like an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, but like locking is that kind of funk soul stuff. And then, you know, Great Dance the movie, mm-hmm. and it had um, like more of an electric, boogaloo kind of feel oh, okay and then that's popping. so think popping is like popcorn when people pop pop their muscles yeah and then locking is more of uh like a funk lock means to stop so they used to just do like freeze frames so you do like funky stuff and then you'd hold a move and then you would go kind of locking the terminology is always changing so for me I'm always kind of like I say something and then someone's like no it's not that it's this and I'm like it sounds amazing can I come with you to a beginners class sometime Lizzie yeah 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 definitely we'll, we'll have to go to the Williams class okay. sure it'll be fun can't wait something to look forward to when this is all over yeah so <laughs> tell me what your audition for um, Take That Circus Tour was like did you just breeze it were you feeling confident no I wasn't confident at all I, I remember it was a really random audition um, I got it through Dancers Inc um they were a really good agency and like I managed to kind of get on their books and they knew that Kim Gavin was looking for I I, I don't want to say alternative it's like different kind of characters because it was circuit store so it was kind of people that had different tricks or different things not just commercial actors um and I remember it was in like West London in a gym so like I remember walking there with my friend and we were like is this the place? Because this is not a dance studio. 
and then we went in and we went into this gym and yeah Kim was like okay can you learn this okay can you freestyle can you do this and I remember coming out the audition just thinking what did I just do like that was pants like absolute rubbish because I didn't know what he was looking for and I was thinking oh I didn't give him like commercial dance you know you know whatever and um yeah then I think I got a call like later just saying oh yeah they would love you to do that and they have a tv show like take that coming to town or something like that um that they want you to do because they're going to use the same cast so I was like okay great so for me that was like and I remember like being like like in the rehearsals and just kind of being really not stiff back but just kind of like a hawk just watching him watching everything he does and um just talking to people but I made some absolute great friends that I still to talk to now um which is amazing so that was like a big big memory I haven't thought about that for a long time but yeah it was a big milestone for me that job I've got goosebumps just hearing you talk about it because I'm a big Take That fan so I would have seen you on the circus tour um (laughs) and and were you a fan beforehand because I'm I'm wondering whether that would have made you more nervous if you'd been a big fan yeah I'll be honest I was a backstreet boy (laughs) (laughs) when we say that I was like yeah all right cool in all honesty, like I liked them, but mm. it was actually when I started getting into music because I didn't really, this sounds like I had a shallow life, but I didn't really have, um, not a TV, but I never really watched TV when I was a kid. I would just go to dancing. And the only time I heard music was in the dance studio. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know who it was, didn't know who Michael Jackson was, didn't know who Madonna was. I just heard music. Um, and yeah, so I didn't even know who Take That Were. I was like, ah, oh. and then the box started coming on TV, like mm-hmm. the cable channel. Mm-hmm. And then I saw like Backstreet Boys and I was like, yeah, cool. And Take That just broken up. So for me, it was kind of like, yeah. So I remember people crying and I was like, I don't know what you're crying about. <laughs> so then when this came up, I was like, kind of cool. Like, why not? And then when I met them, I was like, oh, they are the, the nicest people ever. And I didn't, I didn't feel like they were like, oh, weird, yeah, Take That. Like, mm-hmm. then they're the most down to earth people ever and they're so hard working like they really worked hard which made us all work harder for them because they really worked mm. hard on their acts and that they, they were learning new talents and stuff so mm. so that must have been just a brilliant learning curve for you going on tour traveling what came after that because you did a royal variety so the royal variety was actually the funny thing with royal variety i did that when i was at college in the second year kind of forget about that actually but we had to audition okay and I think I started to get known as like the commercial not the commercial dancer but like street dance Mm -hmm. person in my year and I was in second year so I was quite like oh god this is amazing and then um yeah me and a few other people we got picked to be like the extra background dancers so we didn't get paid but I didn't care I was just like oh my god this is amazing and actually, that was the first time I worked with Kim Gavin. Oh. And, um, yeah, like, and he didn't know who I was. Not like he didn't care, but we were just kind of there in the back and learning choreography. And at the time, it was Gareth Walker. And, oh, no, Gareth Walker was a dancer, I think. There was another guy. I can't remember his name. Choreograph thriller. Anyways, wow. but he was choreographer as well. But um, so when I worked back with Kim again, I was like, he won't remember <laughs> So for me, it was kind of a nice um, kind of like 
oh right yeah this is awesome really hard Royal Variety was huge back then. You were, again, 17 doing that. And let's not forget as well, you did your first professional panto at 15, which is a baby, here in Southampton. Yeah, Yeah, well, that was really fun, actually. I don't know how I got it. I think because they didn't have anyone else. (laughs) Everybody else was, like, working. (laughs) So, um, and also, like, it was... Yeah, that was really fun. And I had to have my mum as a chaperone. Mm-hmm. It was really funny. Um, and bless my mum ended up becoming part of like the wardrobe because they need people to fix costumes. So my mum was like, yeah, this is great. My mum is not a dancing mum, the slightest. She's the most kindest and like she just wants to have fun and help out when she can. So for me, the panto was really great because we got to hang out and I got to dance and then she got to do costumes so she was happy so yeah it was a really fun experience and to learn how kind of the industry works Mm. with with like shows but as a kid my old dance teacher we used to always put on shows so I kind of ish understood how it went Mm -hmm. but obviously you just have to make sure you don't everything is like perfect every time gosh so when did then you decide to go for so you think you can dance because that must have opened quite a few doors yeah no it did and I didn't even realize that it would I remember having a disagreement with my my partner at the time he was like yeah just do it it'll be good fun and I was like no I I hate I like I one I didn't think I was good enough because obviously the YouTube then started to kind of come online. Mm-hmm. So then I was like Googling So You Think in America. And I was like, these guys are amazing. There's not a chance I can do that. Um, but as always, I had a lot of time on my hands. So I thought, okay, I'll just audition. And then I just kind of made it more. And then I managed to get straight to the, the next round. Um, so I just kind of, I just went with the flow. I didn't expect anything. And then when we did the TV show, I thought, oh, they're going to get rid of me and the, the first show because there was me and another girl that looked quite similar. Like we both have bobs and stuff. And, you know, I, I realized how the TV works with, with image. You know what I mean, it's just, that's life. So I thought I was going to go, but I didn't, <laughs> I just kept saying on and on. I was like, Oh, this is, this is, this is fun. Wow. And Lizzie, you came third. This is the first series back in 2010. Wonderful. I think always to be the first, in the first series of anything that kicks off. Yeah. Because one, I think we remember it more. And also two, there's more of an authenticity about these shows when they first start, because no one knows how big they're going to be or how successful. And, you know, you get to kind of make your mark at the start. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that was good as well, because I couldn't expect anything if that makes sense because I hadn't seen anything so you just kind of roll with it um and because I was in such a training bubble anyways when when I was that age I was always going to class like I think I did like at least two three classes a day uh at Pineapple and in the mornings I would train yoga uh like Bikram yoga which obviously is not really around anymore but like hot yoga Mm -hmm. in the mornings and then I'll train that in the evening so I was absolutely shattered um so then to do so you think it just kept that kind of role going mm-hmm. um you know and I had the pleasure of working with amazing choreographers and then obviously that's how I 
got introduced to Kate Prince because I used to kind of go to her classes, but not really. Like, so I didn't really know Kate and she didn't know me. Um, and then from there, then I began to work for Kate a little bit as well. So, And this is Kate yeah. Prince from Zoo Nation, yes. MBE Kate Prince yeah. now. Yeah. There is a documentary um, on telly if you want to um, watch it. It's absolutely amazing. And it's all about one of her shows, Message in a Bottle, which, Lizzie, you were in when lockdown happened. Dancer, assistant choreographer. From you then being on telly, do you think then that Mm -hmm. people got to know you a bit better? Your name was out there and the the opportunities became more abundant? Yeah, it, it it did a lot actually, um, and it was quite funny actually because me and Tommy we both well yeah we were doing so you think but actually we both before so you think we auditioned for another we, we auditioned for Blaze so we already had Blaze and then so that's why I was like I'm going out because Blaze had already started rehearsals during so you think okay but I think somehow like Blaze were like no no it's it's fine they can stay in the competition because it's great publicity for them so. Um, we went straight into that show so that was kind of good but there's a little part of me that I think I missed out on a few other opportunities from so you think because we then toured Holland so obviously people in Holland don't really know who you are but Mm -hmm. at the same time I was doing something I love Mm -hmm. and you know I don't regret it at all but sometimes I realize like I might have missed that wave and I also changed my hair I used to have a black bob and I was like I want to go blonde so then (laughs) I kind of changed my image and people were like, mm, it's kind of not very wise to do that right now. And I did. So I was like, oh, well, but it kind of worked. And I managed to get other BBC programs from it, um, such as Alicia Street Dance Stars as a judge and then How to Be Epic and some BBC learning stuff to street dance. So, you know, amazing things came from that um, with TV. And stuff. So yeah, I'm really happy. Back to... Um you and Kate Prince and Tommy, Tommy yeah. Franson, phenomenal dancer. Yeah. Gosh, as well. Yeah. I just, having watched the documentary a few yeah. weeks ago, oh, you yeah. are all, you know, really at the top of your game. And the cast are amazing. Um, and it's such a wide age group of the parts. So the great thing is, is you can learn, you know, we teach them how we move and then they teach us how they move and, you know, kind of becomes a nice collaboration. So, um, yeah, the cast were absolutely amazing and I'm really, really happy to have been part of that from the beginning. So that was good. Lizzie, how did you find working in telly and getting all these, you know, opportunities and Alicia's show as well? Did you find it quite an easy stepping stone to move into? Um, Yes, Yes and no. I, like, I try not to force things. Um, I've done that before and it doesn't work. Like, it doesn't work at all. Or you overthink things. And, you know, us as human beings, we do tend to overanalyze everything and think, oh, my God, I said that, so I'm not going to get that. Or I should have done this. And it's like, it, to be honest, people, like, yeah, it's just the way that, that it goes. So, um, you know, I've had the absolutely amazing opportunity and I still do work in TV. And, and I love, I think I do working in tv that i was saying to lucas who is also a choreographer he was associate choreographer on message in a bottle um and we were having this conversation like do you like theater or do you like this and um it was kind of a deep discussion and i was like i don't know i was like i do like theater i love it but i also like tv because i think 
I don't know. There's just something about the buzz of filming. And like, even now I'm really more into, um, into filming and camera angles and editing and post-production and stuff like that. So it's, it's something that I've grown a love for that I never thought that would happen. So, you know, it's interesting how my career is, you know, evolving and changing. That's quite exciting as well, I guess, because it shows who knows where you could be again in another five yeah, ten years exciting. time. And that's the thing, I've always kept my options open. Um, you know, people are like, oh, we need to choreograph for a theatre show. And I'm like, yeah, cool, all right, let, let me put that little hat on. Um, or we need a film for a documentary or film. Okay, cool, yeah, that, you know, we need a film, we need some movement for a motion capture. Okay, great, let me choreograph something for that. Do you know what I mean? So, wow. Um, I think that's what I love about this career. Every day is so different, you know, and you could be doing anything different. So it's great. Message in a Bottle, which is using the music of Sting to create um, a story in this incredible show. The choreography and the skill set required for this show is so high, isn't it? Yeah. Have you got to live your best life? And when I say that, I mean, eat well, be healthy, constantly be thinking about your body and, and preserving it because it must be exhausting. No, it definitely is. Um, I don't know if I've always been a terrible eater. Like everyone thinks I'm healthy and I'm like the worst. But I've got better. I'm actually really good now, I'll be honest. Um, but anyone that used to like have dinner with me, they'll be like, are you eating that? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to work out afterwards. So I'll be fine. <laughs> Um, but now I have a much, much better balance and stuff, especially doing live shows or like theatre shows. I, I feel like I became more prone to injury. Mm. Although saying that, I can get it from a live show because you're not quite warm. And, you know, the other day I was doing a motion capture and I kind of twinged my shoulder and I was like, oh, okay, that was stupid. But, yeah, you do time, you do get injuries. And I think especially like last year was really hard because I went from some like hip hop into message in a bottle um back to back I think we had one day off and then I was straight back into that and um while I was doing it I was kind of like oh my knees really hurt and I remember during a performance kneeling down and I had to quickly switch legs and during I was like oh my my knee feels funny but I just kept pushing through and and doing it because I didn't have a cover like a lot of people injured themselves so I couldn't go off stage so I had to go and because I was resident choreographer I had no choice I was like there's no one to take my, my place. Um, and the girl that was covering me, she didn't have a cover. So it was just a bit of a yeah. frantic thing. And from there, when I went to message in a bottle, as rehearsals was going on, I was kind of like, hey, um, my knees really hurt. Um, so I went to get an MRI and then I realized I've, I'd torn both my meniscuses. So from there, I was just kind of like, okay. It was either get an operation or you can get a cortisone. So I, I got some injections I'm not advising anyone who does have injuries to always do it but I was like no I want to keep going because it was just before Christmas so I knew I was going to get two weeks off mm-hmm. so I got the cortisone then I had two weeks off and then I'm back and actually it really helped um they're still not good but I train every day even now during quarantine and stuff I make sure I do my leg exercises my core exercises and I've always done my fitness I think people have known me for quite a fitness freak I love running I love walking I love I used to love climbing and stuff so it's yeah it's a very conscious thing as a performer to maintain your body because 
it's it's your that's your work at the end of the day. I mean, I'm not saying to do it to look good and you know have a beautiful physique. It's just generally your fitness mm-hmm. um, and your health. Because um, you know when you're you know, sweating so, out on stage for two and a something hours, you know that's demanding, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and you do need to eat well. Like that's something like especially the last few years, I'm very conscious of like. Or when you eat. So if you do a live show, you're like, I can't eat before a show. So then you have to make sure that I have to eat around 3 p.m. to eat my, like, not dinner, but something. So that by the evening show, you're okay. And you don't fade. Because that's the thing. You don't want to lose sugar or mm-hmm. whatever. Because when you're doing an evening performance, you're actually starting from 5 o'clock, 5 p.m. And then, then you have to do warm-up and then safety checks and then get costume and then you do a show and then it's a lot so people think oh you start at seven o'clock the show and you're like no 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 I've been here before and I've I've had to rehearse or whatever so and then do you eat after the show as well because I would imagine you'd be really hungry or do you just go straight to bed and think I'll I'll do breakfast in the morning yeah no sometimes I used to sometimes do but actually no I I definitely eat in like after the show like a lot of times we'd all go can we all go together to uh so-and-so to get to the, the local pub and get some chips or like stuff or like eats because yeah you do want to eat after a show it's quite but then you're eating quite late mm-hmm. you're eating at like half past 10 11 o'clock at night so yeah it, it, but it works you know you make you make it work but then I'll make sure I get up early in the morning the next day and then train again and then mm-hmm. whatever wow it's, it's absolutely fascinating you were involved in the London 2012 Summer Olympics closing ceremony Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that come about? Again, I remember watching at home on telly. Wow, what a spectacle. Yeah. It was amazing. That was um, Kim Gavin again. Um, and yeah, so he choreographed it and he had like a core of 20 people, I think, as like dance captains because obviously it was so big. So he would tell us what he wants and then we had to then tell the groups because all of us got dedicated a group mm-hmm. to put together because, you know, obviously it wasn't a big round and everyone was kind of doing the same thing but with different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd learned a lot, you know, I learned, I've, I've learned a lot from him as well because he is very visual and characters and the story and blah, blah, blah and you know, it's not just about dance, there's, there's a meaning behind it. And I think that's the thread that, like, Kim Gavin or even Kate, like, that me, my, like, myself are taking on choreography. is like, it has to have a meaning and has to move somewhere. So when we were doing the Olympics, that was intense. It was also like everyone thought the world was going to end. So, like, I was like, oh, I don't, don't want anything to happen. <laughs> but it was the most thing. I just remember it was the funniest thing ever. So we were waiting to go back on for one of the acts or something but you know when the the athletes do the walk around the stage but they took three times as long and we all had in-ears and we could hear them replaying the music and going guys this is taking much longer than we thought uh just stay there and we were just waiting in the alleyway to perform but then also seeing all the um athletes go past and we were like hi hi and then i had to be all like please hurry up because we need to do the next thing and so you know, you never know what's going to happen at these events. Um, and the set was incredible. The costumes incredible. Like, it was so very well organised. Oh, I think it was. I do. From our from our perspective of what we needed, it was very good communication on such a large scale. 
so it was it was a really massive learning curve that one I think it was a phenomenal achievement everybody involved in that and oh no definitely and that's the thing I think like I absolutely loved dancing because obviously you had volunteers and for me they really inspired me and it made me enjoy what I was doing because we were also with them performing and to feel their passion it made it not a job for me it made it more of a okay let's do this together this is you know this is performing this is what it is it's not a job it is a job but it's not a job and that's for me very important in my industry is when it becomes a job or a chore that's when it's time for me to say no I can't do this anymore I have to do something that feels fun and I'm giving something back I'm not just taking that makes sense. yeah no that is that makes so much sense it's so interesting and you know London 2012 it was an historical moment as well you know those images will go down in history yeah yeah it was amazing so I had to watch it again I think it was just so overwhelming so much going on as well but yeah I absolutely loved I loved I loved everything about it oh gosh I just would have loved to have just been a fly on the wall around there at the time (laughs) Lizzie Strictly Come Dancing came beckoning didn't it a couple of years ago and yeah. since then, you've been involved in lots of the choreography, especially yeah. when it comes to the street dance and street commercial and the contemporary and the couple's choice. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It actually came about because they actually asked Kate Prince, but she couldn't do it because she was doing another project. So she then said to me and Tommy, like, you know, would you like to do it? Um, and then from there, we just kind of ended up building a nice repertoire with with BBC um and also because we did so you think so we understand the kind of concept of how the routine should look but also how it feels because we understand the pressure because even the pros Mm. you know they have to produce a routine every week they are exhausted they work so hard um I'm not saying that they look tired or anything like that but they work so hard so it was nice for them when an outside choreographer comes in and tells them, right, you are doing this, 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 and this. So for them, it's like, great. But also, it's really interesting because they le- they are learning a new style. Even though everyone's like, oh, the celebs, are, you know, they've never done street dance, but it's like, so is the pros. Like, the pros aren't, they are dancers, and they are amazing dancers, but I wouldn't say they specialise in locking or whatever. It's, it's you know, they specialise in ballroom and like that kind of commercial feel, so... It's also a learning curve for them. So we just have to make sure that we meet that middle ground mm-hmm. because we don't want them to look or feel uncomfortable. Um, so it's something that's that's really fun. And, you know, I absolutely love working on the show that everyone involves amazing from wardrobe to production, to the set, to the crew, to the creative director, Jason. I mean, everyone's so great. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, really fun. And that's creative director Jason Gilkerson, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's lovely. My guest recently was Robin Windsor, former Strictly Pro. And he was telling me all about their tough work schedule. It's really hard. I remember when we were rehearsing with them and we only get like 12 hours or something with them. So we did like four hours a day. (laughs) And I remember after that, they were like, yeah, now we have to go and do this interview. And then we have to rehearse for this group dance. And then I'm rehearsing for this. I was like, wow, you guys are 
work like they work 12 14 hour days yeah like it's insane yeah and that's why they're so good <laughs> it's all like logistics when you're trying to choreograph as well because you just don't want anything to go wrong but yeah so it's, it's really fun so um looking forward to this year you were involved in ot and kelvin's their street commercial dance that was yeah. just phenomenal yeah. and am i right in saying i think diane and dev yeah 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 he was like the Aladdin character. Yeah, no, it was really fun. Like we, we did that and yeah, that was a really, really fun process. So we, we teach the pros and then sometimes we just have to leave it and then they'll send us footage of like, is this okay? And we'll be like, yeah, that's great. Can you try and make this sharper? Can you maybe do this? And um, Because at that time, me and Tommy, we always end up doing other projects and we were doing some like a hip hop at the time. So then we would finish our show at, 10 let's say and then we'll go to the film studio to then just go and have a look at them or we would feel we would rehearse in the morning and then go to do a show in the evening and then it was Gosh. very very hectic time I bet it was so are you excited about it starting again soon no I'm definitely excited and like you know I'm just like learning how they are going to do the show this year um so that thing is going to be you know because of BBC and and it's really good because they want to make sure it's safe for mm. everyone involved, you know, including the, the pros and the and the production team and everything like that. So I think it's going to be a really really fun season. So obviously everything's changed so yeah. a little bit. So I think it's going to be fun. Oh, I can't wait. When you are choreographing, and I mean anything, yeah. is it the music that dictates? to you then the story and then from that comes the style and the and the rhythm yeah no definitely it's actually exactly what you say because at the end of the day it's the music um that that should lead you um because I think once someone asked me like what do you prefer more music or dance and I used to be like dance what do you expect like I dance and then when I really sat there I was like no it's not it's the music that makes me want to dance and it and then that really reflects on the style that comes out um, of how you want to move. So and that's the great thing. Like sometimes I really want to be fun and upbeat or sometimes I want to be more contemporary or more pedestrian in the way that we move. So um, it, it definitely is that. So it's it's actually like how you make the music uh, roll as well. So like obviously you're doing Strictly, for instance, when you're choreographing that, you're not going to just use the same bit of music. You want the music to have a flow to it so it has a nice powerful, then it dips and then it goes up and then it ends, you know. So, you know, you have to make sure that, and also lyrically, sometimes you have to be, in music, when you choreograph, you're not allowed to move lyrics around. So you have to make sure it flows nicely, uh, choreographically. And also it has to sound good, so... When you when you do do dancing, it's it's this it's the story of the song. I think that really helps, and then reflects into the choreography. Wow, it must be so wonderful to be able to create all of these different works of art that yeah. you're creating. Yeah, it, it it really is like it, and that's the thing. It never feels like a job. It's always a learning experience because sometimes, like. I'm in rehearsals, and then I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't even choreograph. Like I'm really empty. So then I have to like just listen to music, close my eyes, and just visualize something, and then then it works. So you, you know sometimes it is hard because, or you run not run out of material, but you know you kind of you use your kind of everything that you want to use. So then you're like, okay, I need to think 
more outside the box of my box and then make it work so it's always a learning curve and it's yeah it's not a job <laughs> it's more of a just a fun kind of uh it's a vocation isn't it it's uh, no it's great fun and I just love sharing and 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 having fun basically at the end of the day and just pushing like pushing ourselves to our limits as well in a, in a safe way Lizzie, you've been a part, am I right in saying, the United Dance Organisation for a long time now, 14 years? I think so, yeah, <laughs> very, very many. Um, no, so it was really good and, and it's nice to see how much they've grown and um, influenced so many young dancers from all around the country that, you know, is, and, and just to see people's kind of growth in how, how they perform and the styles and the music and you know, and, and it was just really nice to create like a syllabus with them, uh, with their street dance syllabus to give dance schools an, an opportunity to inspire the teachers to teach street dance because it is it's quite a daunting thing. Um, and it's just like anything like ballet, tap or jazz, there's always foundations to, to each style. Sometimes, you know, what you see on social media or TikTok, for instance, whatever, you see dance moves but actually behind that behind some of the moves or most of the moves there's a history and a reason why these movements have taken place so that's the nice thing of creating syllabus because it, it actually reminds you of the foundations and stuff like that. that's that's why for me like always it's always fun to go to a beginner's class with someone that's going to teach the foundations because you learn where that movement's come from and then you can make it your own style okay. um, and, and learn those strengths Wow, that makes so much sense. When lockdown happened, you were in the middle of Message in a Bottle, performing in that, assistant choreographer. How have you been during the last five months? And how did you feel when that show had to close temporarily? Um, Yeah, I think I feel all right, actually, (laughs) because I was kind of exhausted from doing one show and doing the other. So there there was a little part of me that was just kind of like, I need to rest mm-hmm. because my my knees were really getting to me. And actually, I found out when we closed, I was, to, I think in the cast, I was the person that did the most shows by like half, like a show or something like that. So I was kind of like, woohoo. But at the same time, I was like, no wonder my knees are really, really sore. But um, yeah, it was really sad, to be honest, because we were going to go on a European tour literally the week after mm-hmm. and that all kind of, not happened you know so everyone was kind of excited but to be honest I never take anything for granted like I wasn't even going to do message in a bottle because you know I wanted to focus more on choreography so to actually kind of dance again I wasn't I wasn't that enthusiastic at first but after a while when I did some like a hip-hop I was kind of like yeah I could do message it'll be really fun um and I met some awesome people and I met my partner there so for me it's um you know it has a really good kind of feeling for it so when it kind of ended I'm not saying ended when it's paused let's say it's paused um I actually felt kind of good and, and it, it just gives I think everyone a, a new opportunity to reevaluate where you want to go and what you want to do and take a step back and actually look at what we achieved because it's amazing it's an absolutely amazing uh, opportunity so I think that's how I've had to look at it and just keep training and keep looking towards the future and not dwelling on anything that's happened because you can't change anything mm-hmm. things happen life happens yes you do have your ups and downs where you're just like oh what am I doing right now but 
you know, there's there's always something around the corner or there's always someone you can help or, or, or you know, inspire or stuff like that. So I've kind of used it to my advantage, I hope. <laughs> I've tried to be positive. Um, and, yes, yeah, so when, when they do another tour, hopefully in 2021, I don't know if I get asked to come back or if I'm able to go back, then that'll be amazing. If I can't, then that's okay. I've, I've had an absolutely amazing journey with them. So we shall see. You're one of the most optimistic people I've spoken to. It's <laughs> lovely because I'm going to take that away with me. Have you been able, since gyms and dance studios were able to reopen again have you been able to kind of go to class yeah I mean you know during lockdown I did a couple of like online classes um I'm not a fan of them because I'm a very I'm a type of person like for me personally I have to be in a class um because you can't quite see what people are doing or I taught a zoom class and I loved it but I just it's not the same as when you are with people um so that's another thing it just made me realize how much being around people it's very inspiring mm-hmm. um no I haven't been to class yet I've been to rehearsals like me and Tommy have been rehearsing uh, for a few things so we went to a dance studio the other day and that was kind of like oh this is weird but at the same time two minutes later you forget and then you're just back doing what you normally do so yeah during lockdown obviously I just kind of kept busy training and I started going back to yoga at my yoga studio which is like for me I love it because it's hot yoga. So I love, I love the heat. I'm such a sun heat baby. You're very good at yoga. I was looking at your Instagram. My goodness, the positions you can get into. Oh, phenomenal. I know. Well, I used to be, I, I, I don't want to say I'm not good, but I used to be so much better, but I fractured my back a couple of years ago. So that was my first big injury when I was just like, oh, okay, I can't move. So I need to figure out something. Um, and actually stupidly I got that through yoga not even through dancing I think or I might I think I did a commercial and I think I ended it in that and then um I made it worse in yoga but yeah so yeah for me but I love doing yoga in the sense of it takes me out of any kind of performance any I don't think about anything I just think about my alignment and my my body rather than like I need to get into this pose but now there's things that I can't do that I used to be able to do and I just go oh well that's that's my body changing. I'm going to accept that and just do my best. Some days I can, some, some days I can't. It's fine. But that's I think that's a great mentality to have because the days change, the body changes, and I guess you've exactly. got to just give and take, and, and we all need to perhaps cut ourselves some yeah. slack sometimes. No, exactly, and I think as long as your intention of doing it, um, you know, when, when I've done yoga, especially now when I've gone back and had a teacher, and, and even sometimes the teachers, like, even you just coming to class and taking part, even if you've had to sit down for half of it because you feel like you're going to collapse, that's still amazing because you've, you've, you've made the effort to right. come and you've done your best in that moment. And I think that's always the thing is just do your best in that moment because there are some days when I'm like, oh, I don't want to go. But I go because I'm like, no, I, I know I'm going to like it, but I just do the best that I can. And some days I'm absolute rubbish, but I'm like, I went, I tried my best. I wasn't the best that day, but tomorrow's another day. I'm with you all the way. Uh, sometimes I think if my run turns into a fast <laughs> walk, so be it. Yeah. I still got to A to B. It just, 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 exactly. What do they always say? It's about the journey, not the destination. With you. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Lizzie, so you love your yoga. Is that how you relax? 
Yeah, I do nothing. <laughs> I like to snuggle. That's my favorite thing at the moment. Um, or I lay on the beach or I lay on the sun. Not obviously good for you, but it's like, I love doing it. Um, I like reading. That's something I've got more into. Um, and editing. Like, I really enjoy editing, like, little little fun videos, not even serious things, just for myself and for memories and stuff like that. So Your videos yeah, are just, brilliant. I love it. It's really fun just to create memories for yourself. But, um, yeah, like, learning new skills, different random things. So that that's kind of me relaxing, to be honest. Or walks. I love to walk. I, normally I'll go for, like, an hour walk or something a day who would you say has been the biggest influence on you Mm -hmm. (laughs) good question um okay this is gonna sound so stupid but honestly like everyone that I meet I know that sounds a bit whoa like that that doesn't work but it really is because it's like little quirks from different people inspire me it's not like I don't have like a I don't want to say it's God, but you know, like someone that's like, it's this person. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken a little like snippet of everyone that I meet, even people on the street. Um, I see things and I'm like, well, oh, that's really, oh, I like that they did that. Or someone just opens a door and then I'm like, yeah, I should do more of that. You know, it's just like little things are from like different people and, and, and whether it's dance or not dance, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously my parents do obviously really inspire me, but that's something they've always really taught me is about like everyone's different and everyone has a different upbringing. So you have to respect that. Um, and, you know, it's okay to be different, um, but you have to respect each other um, and treat people the way that you wish to be treated. So I think obviously my, my parents are one of my biggest inspirations, but they're not the only ones I think it's a lot of people they sometimes say things that I'm like nah I don't believe that <laughs> do you know what I mean but then I'm like but that's what you think and that works for you but yeah. it doesn't work for me right so yeah really really different people um again like Kim Gavin and people like that they've really inspired me with with work ethics and and how you can make a career but then there's people obviously on social media that I'll look at their creations and then I'll be like well that's kind of cool oh, they're doing something different. So, yeah, the list is, like, endless. (laughs) That was dancer and choreographer Lizzie Goff. Don't forget to subscribe to future episodes from your preferred podcast provider and follow me on Twitter at Shireen Jordan and on Instagram at Shireen R. Jordan.